Why it's so critical right now is because customer experience is paramount. People want to feel emotionally connected to their brands and they have so many different places that they can now hear the brand. For Monday, November 18th, 2019, this is episode 57, Sonic Branding, The Sound of Your Brand with Audrey Arbini. Audrey and I discussed what sonic branding is and why every brand needs it. We covered two quick case studies from her incredible client list, which includes McDonald's, NBC Olympics, Xbox 360, KitchenAid, and more. Then Audrey walked through her team's thorough process to create my custom sonic branding, which you hear throughout this podcast and every time I present anything anywhere. Stick around till the end to hear about that part, because thoughtful and consistent sonic branding can truly make a memorable impact for your brand across touchpoints. As we move into a more voice-first world and have less interaction with our screens, the sound of your brand becomes increasingly important. Welcome to the Beatle Moment Marketing Podcast, a short weekly exploration of marketing, voice technology, and business. I'm Emily Bender. I answer to no one, and I make this for you. Let's get on with the show. I am here with my very special guest, Audrey Arbini, the founder, CEO, and executive producer of AudioBrain, a globally recognized leader in sonic branding. Doing this for over 25 years, AudioBrain is based in New York and now entering its 17th year. Audrey is basically the OG, just absolute expert on sonic branding and all things related to it. So I've been wanting to get Audrey on the show for months since we met at the Voice Summit. Audrey, welcome to the show. Thank you, Emily. It's so good to talk to you. First off, let's define sonic branding for anybody who doesn't know what it is. Okay. Sonic branding is the art and the science. So it's creative and science that surrounds the strategic development and deployment of a consistent, authentic sound experience of a brand. And everything is a brand, in my opinion. Everything is a brand. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, And a sonic identity is the strategic and creative alignment of this experience. And to create a narrative that delivers a unified, memorable, and differentiating communication. And you'll hear it called different things. You'll hear it called sonic branding, sound branding, audio branding, audio identities, acoustic identities. As many names, they all mean the same thing. So rather than I'll create a sound signature, I'll create a jingle. Oh, but now I've got an event, so I'll create some sound there. And I'm doing an ad campaign, I'll create some sound there. Uh, those are a little bit more disconnected. We do our research and strategy upfront to create a foundation for the particular brand that is authentic to what that brand's personality is. We find their audio DNA. And then we make sure that all of the other places that the brand is heard feel like that brand and sound like that brand. And it's a much more consistent brand experience. The same way that you would treat your visual identity is how we treat someone's sound identity. 
This is so important. From a marketing perspective, it's something I actually hadn't really thought of until the last few years. But then looking back and learning more about it, you can obviously see that some really powerful sonic branding has really crawled into your ear throughout your life. Any jingle that you've heard in a commercial that's very iconic, like the Yahoo Yodel or McDonald's, I'm loving it, things like that, that falls under sonic branding, right, Audrey? Absolutely. It does. And what's really interesting is the way that they, the ones that do it incredibly well, say Disney, for example, or HBO, they do it on such a consistent level all the time. That's really important because you can create the greatest sound for brand, but if it's just a logo and it's not supported on other touch points when you call a call center or when you go to an event, then it starts to kind of lose its equity. You would not treat a visual identity that way. You would make sure that the way your brand looked was consistent. And, you know, there are so many places and we map them out for our clients that a brand is heard. So how many different voices is your audience hearing? Right. So, so many places it's heard. I was surprised to think about it when you talked about IVR and if there's even the slightest like split second tone of maybe turning on a washing machine or opening a fridge if it's a smart device um, appliance. So, so what are the other touch points? Like you've got podcasts, flash briefings, YouTube videos, commercials. What else is there? You, you have everything from uh, you have call centers. Voice branding is phenomenally important. Uh, because that's, you know, a lot of people, sometimes it's, it's interesting to me is that they won't put the, the deliberate effort into getting the voice completely aligned with the brand. And I did an audit for a brand. And when, you know, this was a very provocative brand and their call center sounded like a 70 year old chain smoker. (laughs) That's really disconnecting from the brand experience. And when we played it for them, they were just like, Oh my God. So you have things like you have voice branding, you have apps, you now have massive amounts of products, social media, you have executive walk-ons and offs, you have transactional sounds, you have feedback for transactions, you have sound logos, you have brand themes, branded video scores, videos opens and closes, marketing communications, customer engagement, customer tutorials, you have a lot of education, you have corporate, corporate environments, events, uh, advertising, everything in VR, uh, AI, uh, environmental, um, you name it, and branded content too now. So you, web sonification, co-branding. So many brands are doing things within other brands right now. And then, of course, you have your podcast, your flash briefings. Many, many different places brands are heard that people don't really even think about it. And so what happens if you don't have a unified sonic identity on all of these touch points and you sound in one place like an 80-year-old chain-smoking grandma and another place like a provocative, futuristic brand? Well, particularly now, because and I, I, I did a master class at SVA Tuesday night, and what I said to them was why this is so critical right now, it's sonic branding, which voice, voice, music, sound design, vibration. Why it's so critical right now is because customer experience is paramount. 
people want to feel emotionally connected to their brands and they have so many different places that they can now hear the brand. Right, right. He has a smart device at home. They're listening in their cars. There's so many different places they're hearing the brand. And when that starts to sound disconnected, you're creating an uncomfortable or unmemorable, actually a, a memorable, but a poor memorable experience of the brand. But when you can feel that brand and, and it just feels right, you know, and it, it feels consistent. You're elevating everything around that brand. You're elevating the visuals. You're elevating all the other senses because it it feels consistent. And customers right now, consumers are in the driver's seat big time. Uh, That's why you see all customer engagement, all brands doing things to reward their their, uh, consumers. They... uh, get them concert tickets. Uh, Anybody who's in entertainment, they do these one-on-one fan experiences now. Uh, And that's common. It used to be something that just wasn't really done that much unless you had a VIP pass. Now anybody could be a VIP. It's important. People want to feel the emotional connection with the brand. And that's why it's it's important for it to be consistent. Right, right. So you mentioned smart devices at home. And obviously with the meteoric rise of smart speakers, the fastest growing consumer technology of all time, we are interacting by voice more and more. That will only grow. And so if your brand doesn't sound consistent, it will be all the more of a disjointed experience because people are listening more and reading less. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And even in the devices that are coming out, we just did a a heart health device And the sound is really important because they're listening to music and it's a device that puts your heart and your footsteps, it's called counterpace, in synchronicity. And when you're in that sweet spot, when you're in that zone, it has tremendous health benefits for you. But the sound has to be the driver of communicating whether you're in that zone, whether you're falling out of that zone, because you can't engage that person's eyes when they're running down a hill or, you know, jogging, uh, because it's dangerous. Mm. So there's so many different places or when they're driving, for example. So sound becomes, it's is only, as you said, going to get in, increasingly uh, more important than it is right now. And right now it's phenomenally important. So you mentioned a heart health is it an app? Is I wanted to ask you about, you have so many amazing clients, everything from the NBC Olympics to Xbox 360 to Whirlpool to Holland America Cruise Line. Could you share a case study, uh, whether it's the heart one or a different one? Just tell us, how did you approach the project and, and what happened with it? Um, okay, so I, I'll go into Counterpace a little bit, uh, which is the, the heart health device. Uh, We needed to really understand where their challenges were coming in. And this is a device that uh, it's an app uh, and uh, it has a physical part too. So you download the app onto your smartphone and you wear the sensor around your chest. And it needs to communicate um, simplicity. It needs to give clear instructions. It needs to have a branded sound that you know, this is a a heart healthy device. So we wanted to make sure that the sounds that we created, number one, the person is listening to music at the same time, often, 
that it would not interfere with that experience, but that it was able to give you clear communication that could be heard when you needed to get the particular auditory signals. It also changes the music as you're going faster. And it doesn't change the music where the music goes higher in pitch. It changes the tempo. It's a tempo science. So we needed to really understand this guidance system and it's developed by, by doctors. So that right there was a little bit of a challenge because we were dealing directly with the physicians that developed this and not a branding team. So there's a little bit of a learning curve on that because they were primarily focused on this device and we were getting to what the personality of the device is, who's the end user, who's the consumer, who's been doing the testing. Uh, they had some elite a- athletes were doing the testing on it. So the way that we approached it was we designed a, a host of concepts for them. You know, we d- designed and we do this on all our projects. Uh, we'll create a sound mood board to see what their, you know, attributes could sound like. And we're looking for, and when, you know, we look for what makes a brand different. You know, what is their top of the pyramid? We don't care about table stakes at all. We don't care if you're a bank that you're secure. If you're, if you're a bank and secure is your strongest characteristic, everyone in that game is, is, should be secure. But we were looking for that unique thing. And, and for them, it was in the cadence of the heart and the feet. So we decided to make that the iconic part of the sound. Now we have another brand, for example, Panadol, and they're differentiated. They weren't just a pain medicine like Tylenol. They felt that it it, it enabled you to live your life. And so their key point was that we kept hearing people say it washes away your pain. That's how we led to that water rush in their sound signature and their branding. But back to Counterpace. So the way we approached it was we worked with them on coming up with what they stood for, what made them unique above anything else and anyone else. And they were also in scientific testing at the time. So we read all of the studies and we got all the background material till we came up with um, a a sonic filter for them, which is usually uh, three to five core characteristics. And every brand will have this. Uh, where we can articulate something that's very special about them. And then we show them different ways that they could say that. So we're we're a compass and we lead them towards that. And there's one that was really uh, working very well for them. And actually in their case, they used some of the other sounds as uh, background music. So uh, it worked out really, really well for them. And of course, everyone at Audio Brain has worn this device. It was uh, several gym memberships in the neighborhood and uh, people running around the city, which is kind of crazy to be doing in New York, but they were. And that's how we approached it. So we came up with sounds that were really resonating well with the athletic group that they were testing with, who are, like I said, elite elite athletes. And it's getting fantastic, fantastic uh both reviews from end users and 
from the science community that is doing the uh, medical testing on it. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's definitely a more powerful experience because of that perfectly placed sound. And it it just reiterates or reinforces those adjectives that, that the brand wants to embody. <laughs> That's the whole point. Exactly. And the thing is, when you're in that zone, it's like you're rewarded. You know, there's certain places when we create sounds, uh, like when we created the sounds for the McDonald's kiosks, okay? So, you know, McDonald's has a certain personality and it's friendly and it's, it has these various characteristics. And when we did the testing on them, uh, we had sounds that were directly crafted for the brand. We had a kiosk, a self-serving kiosk, and we had sounds that were ordinary sounds and we had sounds that had no sounds. And it was amazing because 93% of the people preferred and were able to not identify that they were the branded sounds, but preferred that kiosk, 93%. And Emily, it was, it was crazy because they said things like on that one, the colors got more vivid. The colors did not change at all. The sound was perfectly aligned with the expectation of the brand experience and felt like the personality of the McDonald's brand. They said, the time to order my food was shortened in that kiosk. The the, the experience was not shorter. It was just more pleasurable and felt shorter because it was being reinforced with sound. And they felt that um, somebody was there taking their order because they saw things like the food go in the bag and the bag go into the checkout, which they thought were added. They missed those in the other two that were tested. So sound is a really powerful thing. Uh, And when you align it with the right, it has to be authentic. If it's not authentic to the brand, it's really not going to benefit. And there's many companies now that this is this hot topic that say they're doing sonic branding, but they're really creating sound assets. Mm. They're not thinking holistically and they're not doing the diligence to make sure that this sound is ownable and aligns authentically with who or what we're branding. That's amazing about the 93% saying that it was a, a vivid experience with the sound and they saw the colors more... That blows my mind just from a marketing and from a psychology perspective. So I, if anybody goes to McDonald's and they use that self-service kiosk, they're hearing your work, right? I would believe so. As long as it's working correctly. I haven't. <laughs> no, I, I, the reason I say that is because I don't go to McDonald's. I, you know, I never do either, but I was there once this summer. And I think this was after you and I had met. And I said to my friend, what a great experience. Did you hear all those little sounds? I know the woman who created those. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, I was thinking that we would break this into two separate episodes, but actually let's just keep rolling because I feel like this kind of feeds into the next thing I wanted to talk about really well, which is my sonic branding, which you and your team created over the summer. And it was such an incredible experience and very educational. I I was just looking for a more unified sound. I had my podcast, my flash briefing. I have some YouTube videos. I do speaking. 
and everything sounded really different. And actually, you kind of opened my eyes to just how disjointed all of my sound was. I had kind of like an old time rock thing going on one. And then I had this like futuristic little, I guess you could call it an audio mark on my flash briefing. But it just was a mess. And yeah, so it wasn't really it, it wasn't a mess. Terrible, I wouldn't call it a mess. It wasn't terrible, but it was just because I have so many different kinds of things and music and adjectives that I like and associate with me or with the Beatle Moment brand. And each one of them was just kind of standing alone, but they weren't unified. And so what happened was um, we started the process and you you asked me several questions at the beginning. So can you tell everybody listening kind of how did we start doing this? Okay. So the way we start every project, um, and that's what I say when, when different people say they do sonic branding, we have a particular methodology that we follow the same way you would follow with a visual identity. So we have a very deep discovery phase. And in there, we will look at any materials that are connected with the brand. Uh, some larger brands are going to have style guides. They're going to have tons of documents, mostly pertaining to visuals and photography and fonts and placements, but also what the personality of the brand is. And we want to also look at, uh, in that discovery phase, uh, you know, we do a brand audit. We listen to everything that you're using in your sound. We, uh, we looked at the different things that, uh, your different touch points. Where are you using sound currently? And you named some of them. Uh, then we're going to look at, you know, you, you as a brand, what's your personality attributes? That's what we have to get to. Part of it is seeing where it's going. So we know the type of assets we're going to start developing, but, but we really need to get to your audio DNA. So we look at everything that is currently in your sound world. We look for anything in that might be inherent to a particular brand that is like a natural sound that's already built into it. Let's say, for example, we were sonically branding the New York Stock Exchange. To not allude in some way to that opening bell might, you know, that would be something we would be interested in looking at, but let's stay with you. So we sent you, you know, lots of different things, like any background materials you could send us, which you did. You sent us tons of links. You are a very, very, very good client and collaborator because you really took this very seriously and sent us droves of things that really helped inform my composers. So background links, uh, uh, materials, um, all the different entities that you have going on. So you had your Beatle Moment marketing podcast and then um, tracks that you liked that you were currently using and why, your Alexa flash briefing, um, uh, YouTube channel, your emilybinder.com and you, your personal stuff. And then um, what your personality that you wanted to highlight was, so I said, hypothetically, you know, here's mine. And, you know, to give you an example, what audio brain would be, and you uh, were a, ma a maverick, progressive, uh, independent, intelligent, creative, thoughtful, entertaining, 
uh, mindful, focused. And then where would the sounds be going? Uh, we, we got to that. And we really wanted to know music and sound that you love and that relate to you. We got your favorite songs. We uh, understood, you know, who your favorite artists were. We will do that a lot on the Olympics uh, if we're doing a profile on an athlete. I love knowing what they listen to. This is what's going to their story, you know. Uh, And then we started to create a sound mood board. And our sound mood board for you. And we also looked at competitors. So in our process, we were taking your brand positioning, your personality attributes. We turned that into a sound attributes filter. Then we did a sound mood board. And then we started our creative concepts. We looked at competitors and we look at them because we want to ensure that we don't create a sound that's similar to anybody else. We want to see what people were doing in the industry and where we could differentiate and leverage you out. Uh, we want to facilitate a dialogue with you on do's and don'ts, uh, on you know using your own sound. So we did look at many other uh, people similar to your uh, your landscape of where you work in, and often we'll look at people that are outside of that as well if they have the audience and they may not be doing what you're doing, but they have the audience that, you know, you like to have as well. Once we completed that and then we looked at you and we, you know, thought your brand characteristics were insightful, in-depth, guiding, friendly, fun. Uh, Your music was inconsistent. It was kind of funky synth pop, vintage and modern mixed together, hip, which goes with what you had told us that you like all kinds of music, you know? Uh, And so we then from there started to kind of uh, show you those assets lined up against each other. And that's kind of where sonic branding is a big aha moment for people. And I hate that expression too, but I used it. I really do. (laughs) I hate those kinds of things. But, you know, when when you line it up, um, you can really, you can really hear the right. differences and that's what the audience, when you sent hearing. me, when you sent me you the know? initial concepts, I think there were six of them. And that was the, that mm-hmm. was the result of the sonic mood board exercise where we kind of level set right. on, these are the adjectives. These are the traits that we want to, you know, have perceived with, with the music you sent six and I immediately knew like, okay, these two, I do not like, but then I think there were four where I liked them and I couldn't quite choose. So I sat with them for a couple of days. I even, I think I posted on Instagram and I kind of like quizzed my friends, like, which one do you like better? But by the time I had done that, I already knew which one was calling my name, which is the one that I ultimately chose that everybody, you'll hear this at the podcast intro and outro. It's on the flash. It's everywhere I go. It's on my walk on when I speak. And it just, it called my name so clearly. And it was such an interesting way because you, I sent you my Spotify playlist. I told you I like Tool. I also like, you know, Electronica and Deep House and classic rock and so many different things. And you guys are just geniuses. It somehow embodied everything. And it's like, there's, there's nothing as powerful, especially for somebody who, does so much work with audio and voice to have someone write a song custom for you that sounds like you. I can't even really describe how it just feels like everything sinks and falls. It's like a Beatle moment. 
Well, because what we did was when we created that sonic mood board, which we did before we did the creative concepts and the creative concepts, all of the composers will, will explain and in yours. We had Maverick and there was that whole category of progressive, futuristic, independent, fearless, and then intelligent, elite, focused, strong, a leader, confident, but then you're, you're authentic, you're mindful, you're healthy, you're original, you're thoughtful, and then you're very creative. You're entertaining, you're enthusiastic, you're inspiring. Uh, and when then we, sh we showed you various ways to say those characteristics and saw, heard which ones you were gravitating towards. When we put them together in an original composition, what we're really doing is taking your personality and your brand attributes and putting parts parts of these characteristics into that sound they're all in there and that's why it suits you and not someone else it's handcrafted for you and that's why i mean we listened to it we were just like this is sounds so great for her and then when we heard it when you, you you had it in the room warming soundtrack and it just brings your brand to a different level because it's spot on for you. It was made for you. It was handcrafted for you. Right. Somebody else would have different words. Somebody else could have the same words, but the sounds that we played as examples to kind of gauge your likes, dislikes, what, what felt right for you. Somebody else could have creative as one of their words but it wouldn't sound like creative through your lens. The room warming is so neat. In, in case any of you don't know what room warming is, Audrey, how do you describe room warming music? Room warming soundtracks are probably one of my very favorite things that we do because it's often neglected. And that's kind of how we started. When we were doing our panel, uh, I had asked uh, Pete Erickson if I could make a room warming soundtrack because I didn't want people walking into just any sound and I wanted people walking into the right sound, but it, I didn't want it to be audio brain room warming soundtrack because you were on the panel and other people were on the panel. So I wanted, I wanted it to be, you know, voice summit uh, room warming. So that's how that all got started. And what it does, it does exactly that. It warms the room and it sets the table. It's like walking into a house and seeing this beautiful table set because it's already setting up your vibe. So it, it, it really doesn't distract. It makes people feel the right tone that you're going to be coming out at. Every brand from Xbox 360 has done room warming soundtracks. We did the Shrine Auditorium when they launched the product with room warming soundtrack so that by the time that Xbox 360 was revealed, the audience physically, bio-musicology-wise, bi biologically and psychologically was ready for the sound. And so it's so nice to have. It's better than silence and it's better than random music that is really going to uh, distract from your brand. So it's long. It's, you know, they go for 90 minutes sometimes. They go for two hours sometimes. I'm doing one right now that's going to be eight hours. Wow. I, I can't tell you how important it is when you start using room warming music and then to have an event where there is silence or really off brand 
music that just is jarring. So I was I was telling Audrey before we started recording that um, I, I was speaking last night and there was an issue where my my walk on couldn't be played with with the AV in that house or um, the house AV rather. And it it really threw me because now I'm so used to it and it primes me and it gets me pumped up when I'm about to go on stage and not having it was like something was empty, was missing. So that's the power of the association with sonic branding and the sonic identity. And Audrey, just it's been such a fantastic experience working with you. You're an absolute pro. You're so thoughtful and detail oriented and your team, like experts, just the true, the best. I, I can't recommend Audio Brain enough. This is not like a sponsored ad or anything. It's just purely my recommendation. If you don't have Sonic Branding, <laughs> go to Audio Brain. Talk to Ar Audrey Arbini. She's the best in the business. And Audrey, let people know where they can find you. Thank you so much, Emily. And we really have enjoyed working on your project. You're also extremely thoughtful. You're a leader. Uh, everyone here just thoroughly enjoyed working with you and, and feel really proud about the work that uh, we accomplished together. You can find us at uh, audiobrain.com. Uh, on our website, there's info at audiobrain.com. That'll shoot an email right over to us. Uh, on LinkedIn, just go to either Audiobrain or Audrey Arbini. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, it's audiobrain underscore NY. And that's where you could find us. Fantastic. Follow Audio Brain on all social media and connect with Audrey if you're interested in getting your sonic branding in order, which everybody should. <laughs> Thank you so much, Audrey. Thanks, Emily. This podcast has a new schedule. We will be releasing episodes bi-weekly going forward, so every other Monday. Subscribe free to listen anywhere at beetlemoment.com slash podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll also like my short daily flash briefing available on Alexa and all the major podcast apps. It's under three minutes long on marketing, voice, and business. Get it at emilybinder.com slash briefing. To find out how to advertise on the show or to consult with me, visit beetlemoment.com. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Music.